There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I d- how, how do you officially start these things usually? <laughs> I usually just drop it in. I was going to start off by saying... Um, Good day to be a Man United fan. Cause you're a Man U fan, right? No, you're not. No, no. I, where, where did you get that from? I thought were well, you not know, at the Man U Awards one year or something? No, we. I went there. Um, a band I was working with. I was. Um, I was playing some session for them while I was working on their record. They asked if I'd play some like keys uh, a session, and they played. Um, they were asked to perform at their um, their UNICEF gala. Like a ball type of situation, so we performed there. Yeah, so no, unless you 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 were hoping that you were having a completely different guest today, <laughs> <laughs> which this I'll, I'll write it out for you if you want, but it's kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm definitely not a Man United fan. No, no are you a football no, fan? No, I do like football. Yeah, I would go and see Cardiff City quite a lot. But um, you know, it's kind of it's not a, it's not a bad thing with fans aren't allowed in at the moment because the football's <laughs> absolutely dreadful. So <laughs> yeah, what are yeah. they championship at the moment? Yeah, championship. Yeah, you kind yeah, of had a good yeah. few years though, didn't you? When you kind of you got up to the prem, you, you had a new chairman for a while, Malky Mackay as well. Yeah, yeah, his his uh, tenure didn't end in the best way. No, um, I suppose not actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that yeah, and then we got relegated straight yeah that season. And then we managed to get back up with uh, Neil Warnock, and then yeah, relegated, relegated again that season as well. So <laughs> you know, we we flip. I think that yeah, we like the parachute payments. I think you're a big you're a big Seinfeld fan as well, though. I do like Seinfeld. Spot on that, yeah. Yeah, how, how do you? Where have you got all this information from? <laughs> Done a little. How bit, have you got uh, this? Little bit of research. You've seen uh, Seinfeld live, right, Jerry? I have. I have. Yeah, we. Uh, I got to see him at the Apollo last July. Last July, it was really good. Yeah, it was. It was great. Actually, it was kind of. It's strange because in my head, he's still Seinfeld from the nineties, 
you know, whenever I hear, but he's in terms of like the show, but um, no, it was, it was great. It was a really good set to be fair. And um, it's really, it's the same set that's on his Netflix special now, like on the, the last one that went on Netflix, but yeah, he's like, and the comedians um, in cars getting coffee. That's a great show. Yeah, as I well, do like so. about that. Yeah, it's really good. But yeah, it was great to see him. It was a pretty, it was a strange day because like, I've always wanted to go to. I'd always wanted to go and see, like, go to Wimbledon. I'd always wanted to see Jerry Seinfeld, and we managed to do both on the same day. So that was pretty. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah. We just had great. It wasn't like we didn't get to see any actual matches. We had just the ground passes to watch it on the screen. But like, we got semi-final day passes, so we got to see um, on the screen see uh, Nadal and Federer, and then see Jerry Seinfeld after. It was like, oh, this is too much to take in on one day. <laughs> That's a pretty bumper day. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different times. That is true. <laughs> yeah, the, th- the thought of going any out and being in crowds now is just so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you find when you're watching old yeah. movies and stuff, it kind of is that part of your brain now that's kind of someone doesn't look right? If you know what I mean, like when you see mm. people in a crowded space, there is part of your brain that kind of twists. Yeah, or you like, watch old old sports footage yeah. or something like that, isn't it? You see like old matches or like I'll watch sometimes if. Uh, I need an ear, like a, just an ear break. I'll put on like I don't know. Like I'll watch a few games of like Agassi playing or something, and it's like this is so strange. Like all these people, it's just yeah, yeah. Or like you just watch a show and then someone hugs, and or a film and someone <laughs> hugs, and you're like, what are you doing? It's like yeah, yeah. Yeah, your mind kind of just shifts and changes and adopts these yeah, new norms. Yeah. The reason I was bringing up Seinfeld, anyways, because I was listening to the record today that you did with Badly Drum Boy last yes. year yes and the baseline on the opening <laughs> i know track, what you're gonna say yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's kind of like yeah. the the seinfeld baseline on a sugar rush with just a lot more kind of energy fizzing about it yeah yeah and that's kind of how i try and you know live my life <laughs> <laughs> a caffeine yeah yeah a, ca- a caffeine rush maybe rather than sugar rush but yeah um yes that there is a link there i guess it's i mean yeah dan who played that bass part incredible bass player incredible musician or like overall musician we had had the groove idea for it and um damon had written um a baseline idea for it and then we sent it to dan and said do you and then that's where he came back with that you know that that fill that i think you're referencing yeah it's a pretty good analogy for the record as well kind of as a whole like the whole thing's kind of brimming with the same color and the same kind of excitable energy that comes through in that baseline was that something that was kind of mirrored in the the process behind the crafting of it that's an interesting way yeah that's interesting i think so i came into that record damon had done a few sessions with other people before a good few years ago had started the process of making that album and like for a variety of reasons he had kind of uh you know paused it at different stages and then i got introduced uh to him uh saying you know because there was a few songs that like had had a lot of work done to them, a few songs which were still very bare bones, and it was kind of he was looking for someone who could like take all the different um, where they were all were at different progress, you know, with their progress and help get them finished. So um, my thing with that was yeah, how I could because he had been sitting on some of them for like you know recorded versions of them for like seven years maybe and so it was trying how to kind of you know and and at that point you kind of if you've lived with something for that long it could feel essentially done even though you know 
it's not finished, you know? So it was kind of, it's like, you know, that that DIY job or something that if you leave off for too long, you're just never going to do it. So, you know, it's, so it was kind of how I could, you know, kind of, I guess, bring a fresh energy into that and it not feel like a daunting task to, you know, because sometimes if you went and pick these things, you find other things you need to work on and then it can turn into, you know, it feel like a, a mammoth task. But the whole point was for it not to feel like that, to feel like a fresh to feel exciting, to feel exciting to do it and it feel like, a, yeah, yeah, not not like a big job, essentially. When you first heard those songs, could you see things that kind of joined them all together for you and kind of linked them despite the fact that we're all at such various stages of completion? His voice and the great songs, you know, what he just, yeah, the the, the moments of his songwriting that, you know, the, this is so brilliant. So that was kind of... Although we we've tried to do lots of different we tried to do lots of different sonic things on that record, there is you know there's the thread of of him and his journey. So yeah, it was more about that and helping him find you know the sonic sonic palette to help you know help translate the story he was trying to tell. Were you looking at his back catalogue in regards to that then? Because like what you're saying there, it does feel like a record that whilst looking forward and kind of has have has these fresh elements to it. It's something that's kind of taking in influence from stuff that he's done before as well and kind of summarizing that and then moving forward too yeah because i think that 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 was a big thing because like he's got such an amazing body of work and not to to like try and not fall into the trap of like listening to going back and listening to it too much where you feel i guess is the reason why he wanted to work with someone different he didn't want to recreate those records you know so it was like right well not do my version of what those albums were if that makes sense yeah to try and find something you know so i'm glad that it still sounds like him because that's the artist you you know you don't try and make the artist you you don't try and um you're trying to help them kind of i guess shed some skin and find a new sound type of thing but not to the point where it's like they just they just they've lost everything that's great about them yeah i mean that's kind of what your production style is about as well though you kind of seem to hone in on you don't really have a particular sound that could be applied to all your records you kind of just hone in on the artists themselves and then expand that out across the the kind of body of work and their personality um well that i you know yeah I, well thank you for saying that <laughs> you know that's uh, I, that's what i try and do that's what my it's not about Right, you come to me and you know exactly what your record's going to sound like, type of thing. Whereas, you know, there's, there's some, you know, some people who's there, there, it's kind of you go to them for a sound type of thing and it's how you can fit into what they do, essentially. And people can get tremendous results that way. But my way I try and do it is like, right, it's about. The, the artist, where they want to go, where, you know, what doors I can open that they didn't know were there or, you know, how we can push each other to create something new. You know, it's like a lot of time I'll chat to someone, they'll be like, oh, but we're a bit worried because you haven't worked with anyone like us before or we don't want to sound like the record you did for X or the record you did for Y. I'm like, don't worry. It's like, you're definitely, your record's not going to sound like that type of thing because this is about what we create together. And, you know, the fact I haven't worked with anything like you before maybe is great because it's kind of, we get to explore, you know, these new sounds together type of thing rather than it being, yeah. And it's the same when I, I work with a band who, or an artist that I've worked with across a series of records. It's like, right, the next one is like the first one again because it's 
right, what are we going for this time? What are we going to try and push? It's not a case of, oh, we're back here, right, let's set up the same, off we go, let's do another 12 tracks or whatever. So I appreciate that, you know, yeah, that that's kind of comes through type of thing and yeah. I mean, Jaws is a great example of that, what you're saying there. If you compare their second and third records, they're completely different. In ter- well, I mean, at least in terms of the soundscape of them, you've kind of got one that almost feels like it's at kind of evening, the second one, and the third one's a, mm. a nighttime record, really. It's kind of moving in. It's still the band, okay. but it's moving into a completely different space, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, no, that's a really interesting way of, um, but, uh, of doing it. And also it's kind of, you know, between... It's like the thing we were saying earlier in terms of almost like the cycle of things. It's like you'll make a record with them, then they'll go away for like two years sometimes performing that, writing, you know, finding even a new sound of how they perform those songs that you've 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 captured. Because making a record is like you're capturing a moment of that time type of thing. It's like we could go back and even if we were to make that same record again in terms of those same songs, it would sound completely different because, you know, their ears, their tastes would have changed as well. How they play things would have changed. This kind of, you know, even instrument choices may have changed. And it's like a reflection of that person at that time. When I try and make rec- when when we make records of people, it's kind of it's like a photo album. It's like a family photo album of that time. You know, it's kind of it's capturing all those personalities at at that moment in that piece of music. You take a lot of photos in the studio as well, don't you? Not too many, but you've always got like a Polaroid camera, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. I tried to, I tried to, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just nice, nice thing to kind of document it visually as well as sonically. Where do you keep all of them? I keep all them in a book. I've got them all in a book. So yeah, so each session like has will have a a page of those artists, you know, from from that session. Yeah, yeah. So I keep them all together and any little scraps of notes or you know things like that together. Was that something you did from pretty early on in your kind of career? I think it's just evolved from kind of being just a fan. You know, it's like I always say to everyone, it's that you know when I'm working with people, it's like, I'm just like, I'm just like the biggest music fan in the room in terms of what excites me in the sound, what excites me about the song, what I want to hear more of, what is kind of tuning me out a bit, you know, and it's kind of, you know, I had posters on the wall. I've still got, you know, now they're in frames to make you look yourself a little bit more grown up, <laughs> but, but still the same, you know, all the tickets on the, you know, on, on the notice board type of thing, mementos is still, I've got, plectrums that were thrown out when you know on stage when you're younger like deftones plectrums or whatever and stuff like that and it's kind of i think it's just that fan mentality it's the same yeah and i I find it very hard to throw things out type of thing so yeah that that i think it's i think it's developed from that you know it's just evolved from from that kind of way of thinking maybe what possession have you got that you're proudest of then in relation to music Probably the word of the Deftones plectrum, yeah. It was when it was the summer after White Pony came out and they played Reading Festival, and um, it was my first Reading Festival. And I stayed on the you know, as soon as the gates opened, I ran to the front, I was on the front of the, the barrier all day waiting for them to play right in front of them. And like, even, I, I've still got the program from that year, and I look back now and it's like I missed Elliot Smith. Like which is oh man, uh, he's one of my all time great. Oh my yeah yeah. There, so like I miss I missed Elliot Smith, but you know it's kind of yeah yeah. But I did get a Deftones plectrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. So yeah, that was uh, that was a gr- that was a great one. Yeah. How old were you at that point? I would have I it was I just turned sixteen. 
No, 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 I just turned 15. 15. I just turned 15. Man, that's yeah, young. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's bonkers now thinking, <laughs> Go, you know, it's like my daughter's just turned 10 and to think in five years' time she would be doing going off to a festival like that. It's like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Have you started showing her music yet? Have you kind of recommended some stuff to her and introduced her to some of your favorites yeah 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 she's you know she she she's got opinions as well <laughs> type of thing which is great and and she always shows an interest in uh what what i'm working on and and ask questions and you know a lot of people come to stay with us to work at you know the studio setup i've got here like so artists come and stay and they'll be here for you know it can be here for a good amount of time so we eat together every night we make sure we have a dinner together so she you know she's around a lot of it type of thing it's just you know it's kind of uh it's just what 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 my dad does type of thing you know it's like yeah it becomes normalized exactly yeah yeah it's just normal and she you know she, you know she likes to play she's she writes she likes to write songs so it's just what what she's been brought up with you know is that the call shed you were speaking about earlier as well when you're saying artists come and stay? So that was our, we've just moved now. So we were um, just outside of Newport in a place called Pontypool and we had a little call, sh- you know, I had converted the coal shed into a studio when we moved in and then that's what gave me the space to kind of develop what, it was essentially a space for me to write songs for myself when I was in, when I was like still like an artist, still touring and playing. And then... Um, uh, yeah, it just developed until I started recording other people more than myself, and then it grew from there really. But we've just moved to West Wales now to have a, uh, yeah, just a little bit more space so we so so artists can come and stay, and we've got a bit more of a bit more space to record in. How are you finding it? The kind of changing environment in terms of like the impact that's had upon your creativity. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, it's love. It's a lot. So it's, so it's like. There's more fields. There's like horses in the field behind us. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's really nice. It's, I'm used to kind of going to to like different studios that are kind of out of the way to 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 make records and and work with people anyway. It's like whether it would be in Rockfield or Mono Valley, or um like uh, Eve Studios or Studios in West Wales where I've done a lot of work and it kind of my wife and I's. It would be lovely to kind of where so I didn't have to go away for long periods of time to have our place where people could come and work with us, you know. Yeah, and it kind of gives it that sense of intimacy as well. It kind of adds, I guess, does it add a sense of intimacy to the recording process? It takes away a lot of the uh, oh right, we've got to finish. If, if say you you in a, a studio where you've got to be in and out, so you set up and you get in in the morning. And then towards the end of the day, you're getting a reminder that the studio day's ending. Whereas you might be getting in you know, getting in the flow of it or you might have stumbled across something. So I've always liked residential recording. It's kind of, I've, most of the stuff I've done has been in a residential facility just because, I let, you know, you want to live it type of thing. It's kind of, or you, if you want to take a little bit more time to listen and find out, do you need to do any more rather than thinking, right, we've, we've only got until 10 o'clock. We've got to just keep, keep working, keep, you know, get this down, get this down, get this down. Although there can be sometimes a, a benefit to that way of, you know, of working. It's kind of, I always find just having that sense of, yeah, kind of a little bit more time just to listen, really, and and reflect. And and also, it's kind of really good for, for like, morale, you know, 
all in the morning having breakfast together, talking about what you're going to do that day, getting into the studio, listening back from what you finished off, having a cup of coffee, getting getting excited about the next day. You know whether it's setting up for a new song or finishing the bits off of a song that you worked on the day before, and then yeah, working, chipping away at things, and then sitting together and having dinner in the evening. I think is always so it's always a great thing kind of just for the for the team you know yeah sure do you find there's a big difference in atmosphere then between residential studios and non-residential ones yeah especially i think especially when you're like trying to work on a big you know like a a big project in terms of you know the amount of time you're going to be spending together or the amount of or the amount of material you're trying to work on you know it's kind of there's i've done a lot of you know in and out of the day stuff and but that's usually just you're working on one track you know so whereas like for you know working residential for like a bigger period it feels you know it's a sense of almost i feel if like sometimes the artist is going home every night to what routine is and what life is there's, you know, it's just a sense of like, oh, they go to work, they're getting up and going to work type of thing, rather than sometimes in residential, you, you get away, you can be whoever you want to be type of thing, and you're kind of, you can just go and lose yourself, and it's a sense of purpose, you know, but you're, well, I'm going to this place to go and create, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, I completely get what you're saying. You sounded very. That was a. I I don't agree with you yet. No, no, no. <laughs> no that, that's the sound of me working it out in my head. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> great. That was like I, I didn't know where it was like. Nah, I I'm not sure what this guy's talking about. <laughs> where uh, where was the Jaws record done then? Because that was done like a stupidly quick amount of time as well, wasn't it? Both of them were done pretty pretty quick. Just um. It's just what we had to work with, um, really, in terms of uh, yeah, what availability, etc. So we, the second record, the first one I did with them, but this their second record, we did in a great place called Vale Studio, which is um, uh, like Worcestershire way. It's a yeah, lo- lovely place type of thing. Uh, Chris and Moira who run it, re- really great. And we had. Uh, think we did we had 10 days to do 10 songs so every day it was a song a day pretty much type of thing it was like get up deal with any arrangement stuff first thing start getting live jams down to to get the drums and then you know overdubbing guitars vocals we'd finish vocals have some dinner and then whether that was you know 10 11 and then it was staying up finishing it like adding you know any any keyboards we want to any synths any any extra guitars any extra bvs so it was pretty much like a 10 a.m to 3 4 a.m every day for 10 days oh that's intense (laughs) yeah it was it was intense it was pretty but you know we're really pleased with how that one came out and then the, the second record I did with them, the, their third record was done in Eve Studio. And what we did there was Eddie was could only be around to drum for a few days. So I think we had two or three days of him at the start to work on all the drums, get all the drums. And then we did all the guitars then and all the music part of it, bass guitars and synths at Stockport. And then Connor came to mine, uh, my studio then and to do all the vocals afterwards. So it was with a little bit more time, but it was a little bit more in, in chunks type of, th- if that makes sense. 
how does that well i imagine does that maybe give you a slightly different perspective then if you're kind of coming away from it for a little while how does that kind of impact what you're doing yeah so um like my preferred way of working on things is usually like a song at a time so you're in the energy of that song you get you know you kind of capture the majority of it within one or two maybe three days you know so it's I kind of see it as in back to like for family photo album say you went on a trip together you wouldn't all take individual photos at each you know tourist attraction and photoshop them together at the end you would kind of all have your photo together you know and then move on to the next place have your photo together I see it it's kind of similar you know although you might not record everyone live or you might not you know, not everyone plays their parts at the same time. You all live in that sonic world, that that idea of that song kind of reacting to it on the case of those few days, you know? So I, I, I like that way. You know, of course you come back and, and, and tinker with things or like have ideas with it, but the majority of uh, the recording of it is, you know, in, in oh, across one, two, maybe three days. The other way of coming back and forth to it is kind of... Sometimes for space can be good for reflection, but also it can it can take you out of it. And especially if you say you're working on something with someone who's still having, still is not convinced with the idea yet, or they're still not sold on it, or they're still everyone else thinks it's great, but they still haven't got the confidence to go that far with it. Sometimes the more time in between working on it, you know, those doubts can grow. You know, so it's kind of that can make those things difficult sometimes where, you know, sometimes where you can kind of like, you know, you can get this journey within the two days and they're like, oh, yes, I love it type of thing, which, you know, if that's broken up, you you know, it's, it's hard to kind of reboost that, reboot, you know, reboot the confidence, re, reboot the vision, you know? Yeah. When you're doing the former method you were speaking about there, you know, where you'll do a song at a time and kind of go through them. How do you work out the kind of order you want to do it in? Are you doing it by track listing or kind of rough track listing? Or are you, what's your kind of guiding you in that way? Sometimes just how are we feeling today? It's kind of what, what mood are we trying to create? What song, you know, you might have a batch of demos beforehand or sometimes it'll be that you're right you're kind of writing the songs as they're going as well so it might be you know wherever that that song guides you you end up going that day but a lot of the times you know um you'd have had the demos beforehand you'd have chatted like you'd done your pre-pro with them you'd have chatted about you know kind of ideas for each of those songs and sometimes you just wake up over breakfast you chat and you're like i think we should do this one today it's feeling like this type of day and it can just it could be that, or you at the end of the night before you may have ended up having a little bit of a listening party, or you might have been chatting about a film, or you might have watched a bit of a film, and you're like, oh, you know what? This reminds me of that verse in that song. Da da da. da. Okay, yeah, great. And then you're off, you know. What um, I'm intrigued by what sort of films you'll put on. Are you like if you're watching a film? Are you quite cautious about what you're putting on in case it alters the mood, or is it just is that you trying to switch off? Well, no, because a lot of the time, what I'll do is at the start when we're talking about the songs we're working on. So at the start of a day, we'll chat about if this song was the soundtrack to a scene of a film, what would the scene be? And we'll watch that maybe on silent and imagine, you know, try and get into that world you know or it'll be right if this song was a piece of art or a photograph what what would it be to you and you know on the when young record we were printing out loads of photos and putting them around the room and changing them every two days when we started a new song you know just to kind of 
gave you know just a different something else to inspire or you're reacting visually as well type of thing do you find that when you're working on songs these images kind of come up in your head naturally will you have images come to mind as you're working on a piece of music yeah yeah definitely definitely you know you kind of because you're forming an idea as you're going as well you know it's kind of or you might sometimes, you know, have chipped away and you'd be like, oh, you know what, I've, I've we might have gone the, a little bit in the wrong direction of this, let's pivot type of thing, let's, yeah, so it kind of, it, it evolves as it's going, really. When will you get, I'm trying, so well, you know, that second way of working where you'll do it in chunks, do yeah. you sometimes come back to it and are you surprised by what you've created? Does it sometimes not quite line up with how it was kind of sitting in your mind before that? when you get that little bit of perspective or time away from it? It's, yeah, sometimes it's, it's, you get the nice surprise of, oh, this this is better than I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, where you're kind of like, oh, I, I really do want to open, you know, we did a lot of that day. You know, we worked on that a lot. We finished late. We, um, you know, it was the last night of the session you had at the studio and you would, and you've gone somewhere else now to work on it or I've brought it back to my place and you're opening it the day before they come to finish it with you or whatever and you open it and you're like you know you're ready to press play and you're like oh this is actually we made some good decisions type of thing you know or or it could be oh flip this is this the right tempo <laughs> <laughs> is this the same song <laughs> how much how much sugar and caffeine did we have that day no so um fresh ears can be a good thing definitely a good thing to kind of help you kind of take stock of where you were with it and either right actually we've done a lot more to this than we need you know than than i remember or uh, it's in a better place than i, I you know I, I kind of recall type of thing in my what it sounds like in my head is kind of it's, it's it's moved along a lot further than that. So, or it could be a case of you know pressing play and being like, oh, we we've we've got we've got a lot of work to still do to this, which is and it's you know it's kind of it's fine. It's just yeah, it's how you react to it that day. When it comes to sorry, I know we're kind of jumping around the two styles of working a little. It's fine. Bit. <laughs> it's fine. When it comes, it's, it's interesting that you've you know it's always interesting what people, what you found interesting to talk about type of thing in it or what your. Yeah, it's just to me. It's just how I do things, you know. I'm intrigued by the, you know, the the type of process where you you'll do the songs like one each day. Do you have you noticed any patterns kind of emerging in terms of like when maybe the emotional high points will come in those run of days, or when the album closes or album openers come in that run of days in the ordering of when you do the song? There's no rhyme or reason to it really in terms of that. It's kind of, you know, sometimes. You'll you will get just get a sense of like oh this energy this moment needs to be, you know before this track or after this track or you know sometimes you'll all you'll just kind of have this understanding that you're like oh this feels like the closer of the record you know or you know you would have maybe already decided before it's like oh this is how we want to close it this is how the last thing we want people to hear from this record or this is the first. You know, if this is the first thing people are going to hear after we've been away for X amount of time, this is the sound I want them to hear. This is the statement we want to make, you know. And then sometimes there's, you just make, you serve that song rather than what is going to be across, you know, you serve what's best of that song. And then it's like, right, where does this fit in the scheme of, of the body of work we're, we're working on? In terms of the actual 
do you, you mean like the, the highs and lows of working on that spe- on one specific song or i was more meaning like the record as a whole as a, as a, yeah like if you think yeah, about okay. something like the second jaws record you've got that song 17 like kind of a really vulnerable mm-hmm. emotional high point or yes. i just wish you happiness on the badly drawn boy record that you know yeah. the, you know those kind of emotional charge moments that are quite vulnerable and poignant Yes, yeah. Again, it's setting the scene. It's kind of you know you're you're making sure that the person, the people, or the person you're working with is ready to give that as well. You know, something that you know ready to give that that person that personal story or that personal feeling or kind of make them feel because it's such a balancing act of you want it to sound vulnerable, you want it to sound open. But you don't want them to feel so vulnerable that they won't give give it, you know, give give that feeling across, you know. If there's too much confidence there, then you'd not. It's not going to sound genuinely, you know, the, the genuine to the emotion you're trying to evoke. But then, if it's too far, sometimes you have to. It's just how you kind of how you kind of step by step get get that feeling out of them, get, you know, get the confidence out of them. It's just setting the scene, like nurturing the mood for, for, for that track, you know. So, you know, sometimes it's kind of like getting a, getting getting vocals down, for example, and get, get getting enough out and then kind of, and then almost to a point where they don't even know that they've been recording the vocal type of thing where they've just been, let's just set up, let's just get a few down, let's just see how it is and then we can, work out what we're going to do with it almost and then it's like oh it's great actually i've got it now and then they're like oh what i've, I've done the vocal <laughs> you know or it's kind of like before working in studios full-time working on music full-time i was also like part-time primary school teacher so like when i would have done that jaws record i was still working two jobs essentially doing in studios but also working in primary school and this kind of like it's very similar, you know, it's kind of just set in the right environment to kind of, so everyone can just be the best at what, you know, be the best they can be, you know, without sounding too kind of like cheesy about it in that way or too, but it's, that I think if that's the important part of production, it's not just the sounds part is en- the engineering of production, but the produ- production is kind of like, getting everyone in the right zone, getting everyone in the right mood, kind of getting everyone on board, knowing, you know, you know, you've got a group of artists in a room in terms of a band, just kind of making sure they all feel involved and they all feel they're being heard and that it's their collective work type of thing. They're just not there to like prop up someone else, you know, same kind of in a class, like knowing when, can you give someone else a chance now, please? Type of thing, or like, <laughs> you know, stop shouting out. Someone's got a great idea at the back, but we haven't listened to them yet because everyone else has been been talking. So, so I was a well, I was a primary school teacher for a good 10, 12 years before before moving straight, you know, just into music. Do you notice how uh, similar adults are to children when you do that? Do you notice a few parallels there? Oh well, it's a, everyone would be like, "Ah, oh, it must be so crazy!" Like leading this double life. I was like, "It's exactly the same life. <laughs> it's just less less kids in the room." <laughs> no, I, you know, j- j- you know, I'm making a joke about it type of thing. But it's kind of yes, yeah, it's it's, a, it's very similar. It's like you know, no matter what size, reputation, or how many records an artist has made. 
when it comes down to it, it's kind of once you're in a studio, it does your reputation, your previous work doesn't doesn't matter. It's what you're gonna what the idea is that day, and it's kind of you have the same vulnerabilities and same second guessing as everyone, you know. And it's kind of it's how you can help help them get through that, and you know, not to the point where they like it's there's too much ego type of thing but more to a point where it's you know they're willing to you know explore and they're not you know kind of yeah you're giving them the tools they need to make make, hopefully you know their best music to that date you know yeah there is a certain element i think when you're in the studio that you're only as good as your last record definitely yeah and yeah it's the same every day when i when i come in if i'm just if i'm mixing something if i'm writing with someone it's like yeah no matter what you've done before that doesn't that doesn't mix that song for you that doesn't write the next song for you that doesn't produce the next song type of thing it's kind of you're only as good as what you're doing that day you know how does your approach to the process itself differ as well when you're doing something like the charlie xcx thing when you're just producing the vocals and everything else is kind of there for you or the i mean did you have the rest of the track at that point when you were working on it so yeah that one came about we um i was asked to uh, um would i be interested in going away on a session uh with a team of writers team of producers and an artist i was like yeah yeah sounds great and then that and then it, it turned out you know I, I knew before going then who it was and yeah so we were like set up all in different rooms she had like pro some programmers and like producers in every room in this house had someone in the mansion right yeah yeah it was yeah it was it was yeah an amazing space an amazing space it's kind of i think it's called like butley priory in like norfolk way it's an old gatehouse it was an old converted gatehouse and it was the gatehouse to what was an old abbey that was you know when henry viii you know threw a wobbly he got rid of the abbey but the uh they're um, throwing a wobbly is the technical term as well. It, it is a historical <laughs> term type of thing. Trust me, I was a teacher. Uh, uh, they found it on Airbnb. That's how it end, they ended up booking it. It was, I think, it was the only place in Britain on that week on that week that could house ten people. So that's how it ended up being there. But it, it, it they use it like for a wedding venue and and all this stuff. But um, yeah, so each room like there was the big like hall area was like we had they had like a big playback room and then each bedroom we had like little setups in and then I had converted the library then into like the vocal studio so they had yeah the back the like the the music was pretty much that is the finished music is pretty much exactly to what the vocals were tracked to so and also you know everyone who was involved in writing of the song was there as well type of thing to it was incredible actually like the work like how many songs were created in like 10 days you know on the first day i'd got there set up early everyone started arriving and then i think like charlie got there like uh, 10 11 at night and then by two she was tracking her first vocal in the morning song yeah yeah two three (laughs) it was kind of like right you know came in with like a usb drive here's the here's the beat this is the song, and then we start tracking vocals, and then it'd be like, you know, no conversation on takes, or, you know, how'd you like to comp? How about we try this? Or would you be up for trying this and this? And a bit of back and forth type of thing, and then trying some ideas. Yeah, when we did the one that's on, you know, made it onto the record, it was, I think that was, it was towards the end of the, the, the week, and yeah, again, Kate said, oh, we've just uh, worked on this one, just written this, 
let's do the vocals, you know? So it's like, okay, great. Okay, what, you know, what are we going for? What's the, uh, I did a little chat about it, listened to the song, worked out, you know, the best way to maybe approach it. And then, yeah, within like an hour or two, it, it was done. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating to get that kind of completely different way of working where it's almost, I mean, I imagine it's pretty efficient when you're in there kind of bang, bang, bang in terms yeah. of the way things are operating, yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of like you're, you're recording from the off because like the performances as well and everything, it was like, yeah, incredible really type of thing. It's like the the tone, the, the timing, everything. Everything was, yeah, incredible. Is it harder to... Do you think achieve that, you know, we're speaking earlier on about that kind of intimacy and the way that you need to get an artist into that headspace so they can have that little bit of fragility creep in to a take so that it's authentic. Is it harder to get that when you're kind of operating in that environment, you know, and it's, like we're saying, so kind of well-oiled? Again, it's all it all depends on, on that particular artist type of thing, really. But in terms of, in terms of that session, it, it wasn't just because, you know, it was just she knew what she wanted it to feel like that always helps as well when someone's got like you know they know what they want as well you know so, so, so that makes it it's, it's kind of sometimes can be harder when they're like i don't know what you know so you can kind of guide and you can kind of help you know you've got your opinion on it or you can kind of say oh, let's try it like this let's try it like this then you're dealing with kind of trying to make them commit to it and realize it is great what they've done is great Whereas, you know, on uh, in this session type of thing, it was, you know, there was a, def- a defined vision almost, you know? When someone's in that space where they're a little bit more uncertain and there's kind of more ideas coming at it from all angles, at what point when you're listening back to the mix and you're working on it, do you stop hearing it as, you know, their ideas and your ideas kind of coming together and you just hear it as one piece of music? Interesting. So... There's never a, a point where it's kind of like, oh, that bit is what I thought of, that bit is what they thought of, that bit is what X thought of, that bit is what Y thought of. It's always about, right, this is it's for team type of thing, it's for collective, it's us putting that, you know, we're putting that together, you know, type of thing. It's, there's a reason why we're all in this room working on this. It's not about... And, and that can be hard because sometimes you're in a group and it's hard for everyone to see it as, you know we're all all here serving the music not ourselves it's not about who can walk out of here saying well i wrote that bit or i did that bit you know it's kind of that's why i think again it's about the the environment that you're trying to create is that oh someone's got an idea rather than shutting it down before it's even heard or even if you don't think it's going to work or it's kind of off from what you were originally hearing well, okay, let's hear it. We've got to hear it because we can only judge it when it's coming out for speakers, you know? Is that the same with writing sessions as well? When you kind of hear a finished song that's come from one of them that you've been doing a court um, on? Right, yes. Yeah. So, yes, same. It's kind of with writing sessions, like a lot of the time is, you know, I've been on sessions where you've got like a lot of writers in a room and it can get a bit hectic and it can get a bit whoever is kind of shouting the loudest their idea maybe or whoever keeps hammering the the same idea you know but a lot of writing sessions i do like one one to one or one and like there'll be like one or two members of, of a band there or so it's a, a lot more focused and a lot more 
it, you know you're kind of starting with what you're trying to say what 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 story are you trying to tell or what feeling are you trying to talk about or what what situation are we trying to talk about type of thing and it's right what what best serves that rather than who comes up with the most ideas you know and so yeah again it'd be like oh let's hear how that line would sound after this or let's hear what okay or maybe actually you know that's a great idea let's let's use that in the next verse or yeah yeah so it's about you listening and giving everyone's idea a chance you know when you're writing do you know when something's coming out if it's going to be a verse or it's going to be a chorus or it's going to be a bridge or at what point does that kind of the structuring of it enter the process at different times really all at different times like a lot of the time I try to work a lot of a lot that we'll try and talk about lyrics before we even deal with like the melodies. So you kind of sometimes you kind of can kind of structure. You kind of got a, an idea of what's going where lyrically, and then as you start to put them to melodies, then sometimes you'd be like, actually, that that would be great as a as here, or that would be great here, or you know, or let's just make a quick note of that and see what happens if we chop it around. Where does it best go? after the chorus or as a pre so yeah it's kind of a lot of you're just feeling it out as you're going and then sometimes it's like oh it's just appeared type of thing this wouldn't be any other way it yeah it kind of comes back to that idea of it being an organic thing as well and it, yeah yeah does it, yeah, definitely, does it ever yeah. feel like when you're writing a song then that it's a puzzle that's already there and you're kind of just putting the pieces in place and it already exists yeah sometimes you're like i hope we haven't just ripped off something else because this sounds like it's been <laughs> in the ether for ages type of thing it's like my management was um was started by someone called like we along with tim parry jazz summers who's uh who passed away a few years ago unfortunately but in his book he talks about how the songs already exist already exist it's just that you have to be ready to like let them into the world type of thing and and like he says to let them through and it's kind of it was the great way of putting it you know it's in his book as well it's brilliant where the artists at the start they're like so ready to like just let all these songs through but and, and then they start and then other things start to get in the way of like letting them through whether it be ego or self-doubt or other things you know like you know chemicals maybe or you know and they it just starts blocking them or they think that they're the reason the songs exist you know so it's kind of it was it was it's, i always think of that as you know it's always an interesting way of thinking of it and uh, a poetic way maybe fascinating does that when you yeah. when you're in the studio then and you're producing something if an idea comes to you, do you kind of have to get it down as quickly as you can, or do you think it through in your mind for a little bit before you commit it? I oh, know sometimes, yeah, just kind of like you try and capture, you're trying to capture moments type of thing. It's you know sometimes there can be sometimes a day can feel like it's you're just almost going through emotions a little bit, or you're just getting jobs done. But then every now and then, like a sound will be found or a part, and it just like it sets the day alight, and then it's like right, okay, let's just let's ride this wave now type of thing it's like dinner's ready it doesn't matter we've just got to keep going type of thing it's kind of you know mining for gold or, or, or for oil you know and then it's kind of when when it when you find it it's like right we're in you know <laughs> i wanted to um we were speaking you know earlier on about both sides of your process whether it be you know you're working from song a day going the whole way through without stopping sometimes you maybe take a few days break or whatever or a few weeks and you come back to it 
Is it different working on songs when you're further along in the process and you're maybe kind of towards the end of it and you have a clear idea of how the record is taking shape and the soundscape yes. of it and stuff? Yeah, 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 definitely. So you're kind of at the start of making a record with someone, you know, you're kind of pushing, but you, you don't, you haven't got, you know, that rapport in the room yet, maybe, or you're kind of still seeing, right, you're pushing, but you don't, you know, it's, you're trying to, work out everyone or you're trying to they're trying to work you out as well type of thing and you know and then as you get further in you know you feel the confidence growing or you kind of think you might go back you think oh, actually you know what we've kind of like for example on this when young record you know they were like oh there are things that they definitely didn't want the record to sound like and there were ideas of what it could sound like and you know, so we started off with, a, you know, we started, um, we did like a test track together and then a few days later we came back to work on a few more and we were doing it in chunks, you know, they were going away, writing a few ideas, honing a few ideas and then coming back and working on them and like halfway through the record almost it was like, right, this is what we're going for type of thing, you know, it's kind of a, not that everything before it was not right but it was kind of it was the journey the sonic journey you know the confidence of growing with the, the sounds and the songwriting as well was like becoming it was developing as well and we would do these tracks then they would go off and write and then they would come back and you could hear that the confidence of the session before would like lent into the, the writing it was amazing actually kind of like so we, because obviously their first record was quite heavily like a band sounding, you know, it sounds like a band in a room, like rocking out. Whereas, dreamy too, though. Yeah, dreamy. Yeah, dreamy. But you know, yeah, but it feels like you you watch, you could, you, you can picture it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's got a very live sound about it. Yeah, and they really didn't want that for this record type of thing. So it was like nurturing that and kind of like working on that. And it was... It was yeah really exciting to see them so excited about the sounds you know and you know finding this new way to to present their songs this new way to create so you know we would have a session we would try out these sounds try out you know these ways of programming or these ways of 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 creating you know creating music and they would you know and then obviously go off and write a few more and come back and it was like you could hear that development then in the writing and that excitement in the demos you know do you think there's a relationship as well between like difficulty and quality like how hard it is to achieve something and then the end result in any way no because sometimes it can just happen and it's it sounds great and it's it's there you know i don't think it just because something has been hard and you've spent a lot of time on it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be to be great you know sometimes you know there's things there's time you need to spend on things and there's but also it's kind of you could do you know that's part of what I guess producing is as well is like knowing when it's this is the ultimate version of this track now you know type of thing is kind of for example you might spend two days on one track three days on one track but then you might just put someone at a piano or an instrument of recording, it's like, that's it. That's the perfect representation of this song. It's like recognising that. And that didn't take long to do, but it was just, that's captured the emotion we want. That's captured the vocal we want. That's captured, you know, the story of that song the best way. So... Yeah, it comes back to capture moments and there's something about spontaneity when it ties into that. Definitely, you know, so it's not about, you know, well, I guess... Guns N' Roses, prime example of just because you spend a long time on a record doesn't mean it's your best work. 
Yeah, second Stone Roses as no, no, well. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, second, yeah the, uh, <laughs> second Coming, yeah. So the name of the second yeah. Stone Roses album? Yes, yeah. yes. You've got Guns N' Roses and Stone Roses. So, yeah, Maybe yeah. something about uh, the word Roses in a name as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there's that. You know, it's kind of great art isn't about how long it takes to do it type of thing, I guess. Just, to, just as we're kind of coming to a close, I'm intrigued as well if there are any almost like mantras that you kind of have or not mantras but mottos even that you have in your life that you kind of come back to that you kind of keep in your mind in relation to creativity and what you do as an artist yeah so there was this there's this one poster that's in like the entrance to a studio it's a salt and battery i think and it's like work hard and be nice to people and that's one always just like just you know just i just try and work work as hard as i can that day and just be nice to the people who are around type of thing. That's, that's one I think that is really important. It's like, it doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what I've done. doesn't matter. And it, we're just, we're just in a room just trying to be the best that we can be type of thing. And yeah, I think that's a really important one. Another one there's, I, I heard recently and uh, I liked it as well. It was like, especially when, when you've got like all the, the, the self doubt or you're trying to do so many things or, you know, especially now where it's kind of everywhere you turn is someone doing something, but you're like, I should be doing that. Oh, I should be doing that. I should be doing that. It was like, be great at one thing. It's it's enough type of thing. And it was like, that's a, I, was a, I really like that one as well. It's hard enough to get great at one thing as well. Life's too short <laughs> <Yeah>. as it is. <laughs> it's it difficult enough to get good at one thing, let alone more definitely. than that. I, I, and I, yeah, I love, I love a good mantra and a good saying as well. So, yeah, yeah. Those ones were the ones that came to my mind just now anyway. They can be helpful when you're in a process. Like they can have just holding your mind a little bit and come back to. Or even if you're struggling, okay. particularly the, yeah. the first one you said there, if you're going through a difficult definitely. day. Yeah, and the other one as well is just, and trust the process. Sometimes it just comes easy, and that's just been that's just been that day type of thing. But other days, it's like, you know, it might. It's like if it's you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it type of thing. You know, if it was easy, everyone would be doing this all the time. But it's like, yeah, trust the process. Like, and you know, give yourself a break with it. It's kind of, don't be so hard on yourself. It's kind of yeah. It's just trust the process. Listen and come back to it type of thing and yeah yeah go and have go and have five minutes outside you know it's all good deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.